Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You go on about reasons. Calling things by other names as if putting them up will change what they is. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. You and your friend killed a little boy. You do what you have to do to survive. There ain't nothing like you. <laughs> true enough, true enough. Earlier this year, the management consultants McKinsey released a damning report accusing Hollywood of leaving money on the table. I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound like the Hollywood I know. But the evidence was compelling. The American film and television industry, according to the consultants, were missing out on $10 billion of revenues by failing to serve black audiences and failing to take advantage of black talent. The report made uncomfortable reading, but perhaps because COVID has meant less money to leave on the table in the first place, it didn't get much traction at the time. There have been some high-profile recent hits, Black Panther springs to mind, but the systemic obstacles to black representation still remain. One studio has bucked that trend, however, by commissioning, financing and purchasing works about black subjects made by black creatives and with an eye to black audiences. And it may surprise you that the studio in question is Amazon. I find it kind of staggering that a monumental global retailer whose business model and methods cause immense damage to culture and business everywhere it operates would use a streaming video service as a loss leader and then prioritise some of the best and most interesting work being made anywhere. It's about as counterintuitive as it gets, but that's the 2020s for you. Last year on this program, I reviewed a couple of great examples of what Amazon has been prioritising. Two smaller, indie-style films with distinctive points of view and something different to say about the black experience. Sela and the Spades was like a mafia movie set in an elite black high school. And The Last Black Man in San Francisco was an autobiographical story of gentrification and alienation. Since then, Amazon has gone even harder. In a co-production with the BBC, they produced Steve McQueen's Small Axe, an epic series of films about Afro-Caribbean life in London in the 70s and 80s. In New Zealand, those films are going to land on the UK TV channel that sits on the Sky platform, but they really deserved to be featured in the International Film Festival. Amazon also produced Regina King's debut feature film One Night in Miami about a fictionalised meeting between Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, Cassius Clay and Malcolm X in 1964. That's really good, that one. And of course, they also brought Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall back together for Coming to America earlier this year. But the biggest and most prestigious of these black productions is Barry Jenkins' epic adaptation of Colson Whitehead's Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, The Underground Railroad. 
Now, the train will be here shortly. I just need a word for the manifest. I beg your pardon. All who journey on the railroad must be documented in the manifest. How else will we account for the souls entrusted to this campaign? You may speak as much or as little as you like, but you must speak. I'll speak for the both of us. As you might imagine from the Oscar-winning maker of Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk, the Underground Railroad is immaculate from conception to execution. It's the best film I've seen this year, and even if I'll never see it on a giant screen, or own a Blu-ray disc of it, or see it with a film society, it deserves to be considered as an important piece of cinema, and film lovers everywhere should seek it out. Like the novel, the story is set in a fictionalised, heightened version of the pre-Civil War southern states. We follow an escaped slave, Cora, played by Tusu Mbidu, as she travels from state to state looking for safety, pursued by the indefatigable bounty hunter Ridgway, played by Joel Edgerton. Each episode is a chapter named after a state she passes through, and each state is not only a nightmarish, embellished, exaggerated version of the historical truth, each state is also a metaphoric representation of some aspect of black life in America, the entirety of it, from transportation from Africa to educational inequality and modern-day police brutality. In Georgia, she witnesses unimaginable cruelty and escapes, searching for her missing mother. In South Carolina, it appears as if blacks are citizens and can move freely and safely among the white population until we realise that they're suffering the most shameful medical experiments and interventions. And in Indiana, she discovers an idyllic black-owned vineyard and community, prosperous and harmonious, until we realise that they're only tolerated by the local white community as long as they don't act up or make trouble. Cora belongs here, same as any of us. And it's for her to tell her story, whatever she's running from or whatever she's running to, whenever she chooses. Please don't use her to push your grievances against the railroad. I'm not against the railroad. I am not against the railroad. Now, I bear no ill will toward that poor girl, but you are naive to think white folk are going to let us keep a place like this if we continue to taunt them with our arrogance. Arrogance? Since when is living and breathing and tilling the land what is rightfully yours? Arrogance. And then there's the railroad itself. In reality, the Underground Railroad was its own kind of metaphor for the network of safe houses and trails that allowed slaves to find their way to the northern states. But Whitehead and Jenkins ask, what if? What if it was a real train? What would that feel like? What sort of independence and audacity would that represent? The Underground Railroad is so much more than another slavery drama because it foregrounds the total black experience in emotionally as well as historically authentic ways. If you're a white audience, Jenkins and his collaborators aren't really talking to you and aren't interested in mediating that experience for you. And the film is all the more powerful and meaningful for it. Who built all this? Who builds anything in this country? How far does it go? 
away from here. That's all I can tell you. The Underground Railroad is 10 episodes of varying length streaming on Amazon's Prime Video system. Each episode has its own rating, but they all start with 18 plus. And Amazon offers a seven day free trial for Prime Video. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't right (laughs) now. Hold it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.